just got a few minutes and I'd like us to look at a passage very, very briefly, but a passage that I think is incredibly relevant. It's one of my favorites, but it really is incredibly relevant as we think about starting the Cap Debt Center. We've heard already from Dave and from Maria, from everybody that's been up here, what an amazing thing it is as we look back to see what God has done over these past few months. I was just chatting with Dave before. It's so easy when you're in the midst of something like this, like he is, to kind of just get used to what's happening. But actually, it really is remarkable. The way things have come together has been a huge, huge uh, answer to prayer. And sometimes from the outside, you don't realize how amazing that is. The funding, Maria being trained and going and, you know, already launched. I mean, the whole thing is amazing. As we look backwards, we're amazed. And so as we look forward, we're excited. We're excited because we know there are so many households in this area, like all across the country, who are really struggling. Uh, like the lady we saw in the video, just living in that sense of hopelessness and emptiness and desperation. And so looking forward, we're excited because we know the effect that a cap debt center can have on a life, on a household, on a family. And so we look backward and we're amazed, we look forward and we're excited, but one thing that we're not is surprised. You may be surprised, that's okay, but as a sort of leadership team, we're not surprised and I want to show you why. I'll, I'll tell you why in a nutshell. It's because this makes total sense for the kind of God that we have. The God who reveals himself to us through the Bible is a God who absolutely cares for people at the very lowest point in their lives. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 113. I'll just quickly look over it for you. But this is a, a Psalm that at first glance just seems very typical of all the Psalms. It starts, praise the Lord, which feels like a Psalm, right? And then it talks about, praise the oh, servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. And in the first few verses, it's kind of making this declaration to everybody, everywhere, all the time, praise the Lord. It couldn't be more psalm-like if it tried. And then it gives the reason why. Here's the reason why everyone everywhere, all the time, should praise the Lord. And it, again, is not surprising. It's what we would expect when reading the Psalms, it tells us in verse 4, the Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. That's an amazing image, isn't it? Think about all the nations in the world, all the, the different governments. It's great to have our MP here today and uh, we're really thankful for her uh, for coming today. But just imagine all the different governments of all the different nations and God is above that. He's seated on high. His glory is above the heavens. There's no superpower that even comes close to him. And then it says, who is like the Lord our God? And so the whole thing seems to be setting up this idea of, wow, isn't he powerful? Isn't he great? Isn't he majestic? He's above all the nations. His glory is above the heavens. That's the God that we should be praising. And you think, yeah, that, that all makes sense. But then in verse 6, it kind of surprises us. It kind of does something we're not expecting. In this version, uh, this translation, it says, Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high... 
who looks far down. Now really, the, the, the term that's used there, everywhere else in the entire Old Testament, where this term is used, it's always translated the same. It's always translated, who humbles himself. And so we've got this God who is above all the nations, high and exalted, lifted up, his glory above the heavens. There is no one higher than him who is like him. A God so high who humbles himself, who looks right down to the lowest of the low, the people in the worst of circumstances who are really struggling, who are really despairing. He looks down, he humbles himself, and then it gives a couple of examples. I'll just mention one of them for the sake of time, but it's kind of relevant. It says, he humbles himself, he looks down on the heavens and the earth, he raises the poor from the dust. Lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of the people. It's a beautiful image. This God who is so high and exalted, and yet he humbles himself to lift up the lowest of the low in circumstances and lift them up and honor them and bless them and, and show them that they're valuable to him. It's a beautiful image. If it was just he's high and he's powerful, it would make sense to praise him, but it might feel a little bit forced, like we kind of have to. The God who reveals himself to us in the Bible is a God who is that, and yet he comes down. He doesn't just claim to feel something for people who are struggling. That, that's nice, but that's not what he does. He does feel, but it's so much more than that. He doesn't just give something from a distance, kind of like a donation through a website. That's great, and we're not being negative at all, obviously, about that. But God does so much more than that. He humbles himself. What kind of God would do that? Who would choose to humble themselves to step down into the mess of this world? And yet that's the story of the Bible, isn't it? That this God who created everything, we messed it up. We have all the consequences and all the chaos that comes from that. And so he steps down into our mess, humbling himself for our sake to lift us up. That's the story of the Bible. In the book of Psalms, it's still a, a concept. It's still a theory. But a thousand years later, Jesus was born into this world. Remember the Christmas story, it was the humblest of circumstances. Wasn't born in a palace, didn't have all the best things. It was very, very humble, laid in the manger. You remember the story. And then he grew up, and as we read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we, we hear references to how humble his life was. At one point he says the birds of the air have nests and foxes have holes. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He really was living humble life. But then it says that he went to the cross. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't that his plan kind of got turned sideways. That was the plan because he came into this world to go to the cross. He humbled himself to the point of death, even that kind of death. Why would he do that? Because that's the kind of God that the Bible reveals to us. A God who loves 
who humbles himself, who steps down into our mess, and who even is willing to go to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, to pay our debts, so that all of the negatives, all of the, the, the record that we have in the eternal record books, all of that can be wiped clean because he has paid the price for us. You couldn't make up a God that good. And so where the psalm says he's high above the heavens and yet he humbles himself, we can look at the rest of the Bible and say absolutely that's true. He humbled himself even to the point of death on a cross. And there's just one verse, I, I just finished with this, in, in 2 Corinthians. This was written after Jesus had died and risen again and then gone back up to heaven. And Paul, the apostle, as he's reflecting on what Jesus did for us, the grace, we sang earlier about the amazing grace of God. He says this, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to these words. Though he was rich, he was, he was in heaven, the ultimate rich place to be, sitting on the throne in charge of everything. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that you, by his poverty, might become rich. That's saying so much more than finance. That's talking about everything. That's talking about more than just some people in some circumstances. It's talking about all of us in the mess of this world. He gave up everything in terms of position, in terms of wealth, in terms of all the things that, that could be described at the start of that psalm. He gave it up to step into our world. Why? To lift us up. That's the heart of the message of the Bible. That's what we call the good news. It means that no matter how dark your circumstances, no matter how overwhelming your, your debt, either financial or spiritual, a sense of shame or guilt, no matter how dark circumstances might feel, no matter how much you, you just want to curl up and, and be finished with it all, he steps right down to where we are. He says, let me take care of that for you. In fact, let me take care of you for you dies that death on the cross 2,000 years ago to demonstrate for us that God's heart is for us. To pay the penalty, to pay the debt for us. And his arms are wide open, inviting each of us to accept the offer. It doesn't force it on anyone. It doesn't twist your arm and compel you. He humbly offers the heart of God for you and says, would you like everything you were made for? Would you like life to the full? Would you like your sins forgiven to be embraced by the family of God? Would you like the life that you were made for in the first place? Because I've done everything it takes to make it possible. It's up to you. Would you like it? It's yours if you'll accept it. That's why, as I said at the start, we can look at what's happening here with the Chippenham Cap Debt Center and we can say, wow, we're amazed at what's happened so far. We're excited about what's to come, but we're not surprised. Because the ministry, the, the work that we've been talking about today could not be more in line with God's heart. That's the kind of God that we have. That's the kind of God who reveals himself to us in the Bible. That's the kind of God 
who would go to the cross, do everything for us and hold his arms open, inviting us all to him. If anything that you've heard today uh, kind of makes you want to chat more, find out more, obviously afterwards we're not allowed to, to linger in here because of you know, the COVID situation, but praise the Lord, it's not raining, so we can hang around outside. And you, you've seen Dave and Tim and Maria and Mary up front. Feel free to talk to any of, of them or me about the CAP Center. If you'd like to talk about what I've just said, I'd love to, love to chat more with you. Right now I'm going to pray. And just thank God for the kind of God that he is. And then the band are going to come up for one closing song. And, uh, and I imagine Dave will, will say thank you for coming at the end. That's all we've got left. But let's just close our eyes for a moment and pray. Father, we are amazed at what you've done, even in this little project. The whole world is, is going on, and yet over these last months, you've worked in amazing ways, and we just thank you for that. Lord, we are excited looking forward. We are excited for others to be helped out of the, the crippling, overpowering darkness of death. And we, we do pray that you would work mightily through this Chippenham Cap Debt Center. Lord, we're not surprised. We're not surprised that you would do these things because it's exactly the kind of God that you are, and we thank you for that. Thank you that you're not all about your power and position. You're not all about us just bowing and, and sort of worshipping you from a distance, but you've stepped down, you've humbled yourself in order to lift us up to you. Pray for every one of us that's here today. I pray for everyone watching online and ask that by your spirit you would pursue us. Not allow us to, to feel settled in ourselves until we've got things settled with you. And Lord, we thank you that you don't ask us to do the work. You've done it for us. So we thank you for the cross. We thank you for Jesus who, though he was rich, became poor, that through his poverty we might all become eternally rich. Lord, we pray that that truth would grip our hearts and stir us as we move forward. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this official launch day for this ministry. We commit it to you. We commit ourselves to you now. In Jesus' name. Amen.